Welcome to the Eat Local CNY podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale. And in this week's episode, I'm talking with... I'm Adam Bryhoff, and it's the Big Awesome Barbecue Food Truck and Catering. So how did a guy who was raised in the south side of Syracuse grow up to become an award-winning barbecue food truck owner? Well, we're about to find out in my conversation with Adam from Big Awesome Barbecue. If you enjoy the Eat Local CMY podcast, then consider subscribing. You can click the button on whatever platform you're listening to this on. That way you'll be updated the moment that we have a new episode that is released. And as always, don't forget to leave us a review to let us know what you think of the Eat Local CNY podcast. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Adam from Big Awesome Barbecue. How long ago did you get started? That's a big question because it depends on what part. Um, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> last year was the first year as a food truck, although I've had the truck for like three years. We were just using it in a different manner. Um so we would just load it up to go do festivals or spend the weekend somewhere. And there was a point that I slept in it more than I cooked in it. And it was just, it was nice to have sitting in the background. Uh, but if it's from when I started doing this as a business, I, that's back to 2007. Uh, I would start, I was just doing it as a hobby and I started from friends and family and friends of friends and doing little caterings here and there. And uh, yeah, it took a while to even build into like a, a business at all and it's still really it's nothing in comparison to where you know it's i'm trying to get it to be yeah i mean when are you well i guess let me ask are you originally from like central new york and syracuse oh yeah i'm from the south side um i'm so i'm so much from syracuse i dropped out of corcoran like most of people that went to corcoran <laughs> uh, back in the late 90s early 2000s um, but no, I've lived on the South side my whole life. I lived briefly out in the, uh, like Oswego County and like the edge of Fulton, um, moved back to Syracuse, then moved out to Fay- uh, Fayetteville. I was only out there for like a year. I couldn't stand the traffic and moved back to Syracuse. And I, even now I still live, you know, on the, the South side, but you would be more considered the Valley now, but. Gotcha. So you're a Syracuse guy who somehow knows what he's doing when it comes to barbecue. Right. <laughs> so, t- I mean, tell me a little bit about that. You know, like, I mean, listen, I, I am not a, uh, I, I, when it comes to barbecue, I don't know a whole hell of a lot, but I did live in Texas for two years. And uh, that still doesn't mean that I know a whole hell of a lot, but it means that I know how intense people get about their barbecue in certain parts of the country. Well, not even that. Just, uh, I think it's the most annoying food to serve to the public. Um, <laughs> everyone feels like yeah, I'll feed someone and they'll come back and they'll give me like this really in-depth um, response to what they thought and how they rated it. And I don't feel like people are doing that with spaghetti. Maybe <laughs> I'm wrong, but uh, I get like these crazy reviews come like, and I don't know. I don't think it happens with any other food. It's the hardest food to do. Because uh, the cook times are long, yeah. hold times are short. Certain meats like brisket, I you do not find brisket on my truck because if I don't sell it within a certain amount of time that I cut it, I don't think it's as good as it should be, and I don't want that going out. I mean, it's not saying it's not good. It's just not as good as it was, you know, 20 minutes before. Yeah, and your food cost is so much higher because— Oh, my God, on, I know. <laughs> yeah, smoking stuff, I mean, you're losing— 
what, like half of your weight, you know, of what you originally oh, yeah. started uh, with? With a pork butt, it's about half between bone and fat trimming and just drippings that come out of there. So when I start with eight pounds, um, I'm really going to have four pounds left to serve. And that's re- at the very, very most on meager, like, portions. Usually you'll see that more with caterings, with self-serve. Maybe 20 people off of that eight pounds. Hmm. So, Which w- is still pretty good, but in the grand scheme of it, not really. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not really any other food out there that a restaurant makes that I can think of at least, uh, that you lose that much from when you buy it to when you actually cook it and serve it. Right. And then the the time, I mean, even if people are roasting, cause a lot of places serve pulled pork, um, but their time cost is different than mine because I run a wood pit where every 45 minutes to an hour, I got to put one or two logs in. And uh, I don't know an oven that anyone's using that works that way, mm-hmm. that they're spending 8 to 12 hours on one single protein. So what made you want to get into a barbecue food truck? Well, I don't know about the food truck. The food truck came, I don't know why the food truck came, but just barbecue in general. Mm-hmm. Um, King of the Hill, man. There's an episode, <laughs> uh, Blood and Sauce, Bill Dotrieve wants to make his family's barbecue and serve it for a family reunion before he realizes... He's only got his one weird cousin, and uh, but he went through the, you know, he built the pit. He was making all the sauce, and he, you know, did everything. And I'm like, man, that's pretty badass. I want to do that. So Bill Dotree, the sorriest sack of shit to ever be on TV, is my motivation. That is awesome. That is the best answer <laughs> for why anyone ever got started into food that I've ever heard. And I've heard quite a few of them. That is the best one yet, man. Holy cow. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, even when I started out, I mean, it's, it's expensive. Barbecue is expensive. The equipment's expensive. The meats are expensive. I built all my own stuff and I would like in the beginning, I would cook maybe once or twice a year because $15 for a pork shoulder when you're like in your early twenties and barely making it and going to college is just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And now I'm cooking like, you know, three, 400 pounds of meat in a run. Hmm. And I just laugh that it, you know, that one cook was more than most of the years I've been doing this. You know, I think of like barbecue and um, hanging out with my buddy Alan at his house while he's, you know, watching the smoker and heading down, just like you said, every hour having to throw more wood on and you're spending some time. There's times he'd stay up all night long because, you know, for whatever reason it stalled and he couldn't get it back up to temp or whatever the case was. It's a long process, but it's also something that, you know, you typically get from making by hanging out with a buddy, drinking some beers, listening to some music while you're, you know, watching the smoker go. And I think a lot of people have that kind of attitude mentality towards barbecue like real legit barbecue is it hard to kind of uh, carry that over to the business yeah you can't just hang out with your buddy and drink beer (laughs) and do that all night i do i do like we're doing something on a wednesday i'm up probably all night doing it i don't stay up the whole time but i'll set an alarm and i'll get up every 45 minutes Mm -hmm. go to the pit and add wood and i do that until it's done you know um and then I have to get everything else done, load up a truck, and then go serve a full day after doing that all night. Um, so doing it as a business is way different than just like leisurely, hey, buddy, let's yeah. smoke some meats and have a good weekend. <laughs> um, it's intense. 
Yeah. And sure. then on top of that, we do we do competition as well, which we don't sleep for because we have four different meets that have to go on at four different times. They have all their own little processes and um yeah. And that's you got a lot more on the line there, so you don't want to mess that up just because you wanted to take a nap. That's not the time for a nap. <laughs> Did you start getting into the competitions before the idea for the business? I got into competitions as a way, like, so I decided I wanted to do this as a business. I was already doing catering here and there, and I go, well, there's a lot of people that do barbecue. How do I set myself up from everybody else? And I go, well, if I go do some competitions and I can say, hey, look what I won or look what I do, it would set myself apart from most of these other guys. Because there's only one other barbecue in this area that does this commercially and competes, and that's Galloway's um, Barbecue. But other than that, it's him and I are the only ones doing it. So I did it to kind of set myself out from everybody else and just to put something, um, give somebody a reason, like, hey, we, we win awards, so that's why you should come over here. It's really a great restaurant business model to have that, to be able to do it that way. Run out, get your stuff down, go out, win a couple awards like that, get some competitions. Because, listen, barbecue competitions, barbecue is a serious, serious thing. And uh, Oh, it is. People, people get spend a lot of time and money, and it never pays you back. So you go out there, you get a but, couple trophies, and then you set up shop. But I think that's risky for a lot of businesses, too. Because what you're doing at a competition is nothing like what anyone's doing in a restaurant. For me, I do the same rub, same process, same sauce. Everything is the same. Because I feel like if I win, nobody nobody knows. Nobody knows what I did. But I know, and I, I can feel better about it. But a lot, I don't think a lot of businesses get into it because of the risk of not doing well and having it reflect negatively on them. What's going on right now with everything, with the truck and the business? I've seen a couple posts about like, you know, doing some neighborhood stuff. And I love that idea. Do you guys have kind of a game plan going into what's, you know, going to be the busiest time of the year for a food truck typically? Well, we, we had one plan and that got squashed. <laughs> we actually bought a food trailer over the winter. And we're working on kind of cleaning it up and getting it ready to go. And we actually have it over on West Fayette Street right now. And we were going to open a lunch spot. We had Grubhub set up. And we were going to do that while running the truck hmm. during the week and weekend. Um, but that's kind of on hold. There might be something with that soon, but nothing that I want to talk about yet because it's all just you know, a couple messages between a few people. Um, but otherwise we just started out last week. We went up to Willow Rock and we have our, our pre-ordering online with estimated pickup times and that kicked our ass pretty well because they allow five orders in the 15 minute window. And we didn't know what we were getting into, hmm. but we got everything out. We didn't run out of everything, which is good. And then we did a neighborhood and we've got a bunch of that stuff book coming up. Um, it's crazy. The amount of people that want a truck to come park in their driveway. Yeah, that's great, man. I mean, the uh, the neighborhood stuff for the food trucks, I think, is a phenomenal idea, and it's such a great way for people to kind of, you know, feel normal and sane for a little bit and be able to support a local business and get some great food. Right, and the other great thing about it is with all the uh, technology that's integrated into it, um, weather the weather factors was eliminated. I was out in the rain and still did better numbers than I would have done um, on a nice day at most lunches I do because we're it's, number one, it's families. People want an excuse to get out. 
and they're not standing around waiting. They come over when it's ready and get it and go. Yeah, that's awesome. Listen, I'll take those excuses. I drove out to Skinny Atlas last night and went to Doug's and then popped the uh, back of the Jeep open and sat there and <laughs> enjoyed dinner with my buddy that I was with, you know. I yeah, mean, any reason to just take a long drive. We actually have something coming up, a wedding venue down on Apulia Road contacted us and said, hey, we our season's trashed. Is there any way we can kind of work together and do like a drive-through thing? And, uh, you know, we're, we're working on that with them right now to just set up drive through barbecue in the middle of the country because she's like, there's two restaurants in the area and we're all sick of them. I think if we get something different down here, it's going to be great. So, you know, just another thing we're going to try out and try to help out another business possibly. Tell everybody kind of where they can find you, how they can learn more about the food truck and see where you guys are going to be and get some of that awesome barbecue. Because I will say this, I stopped down, I brought my, I have two friends that are vegetarian and brought them down to the truck. And I know you're not doing the jackfruit anymore, but uh, when you were last year, I brought them down to Clinton Square and they got their jackfruit. And it was so good that both of them got mad at me for a second and they go, there's no way that this isn't, uh, this isn't pork. Oh, that happens a lot. And I was, I, I had a buddy, one of the first buddies that had it. He's like, dude, you're lying to me. He goes, there's pork in here. Isn't there? And I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> it's not. Yeah. So, I mean, they had that, I had that burrito. I mean, it's listen, man, it, the food's out of this world. There's no question about that. Um, so we need to get more people out trying you. Yeah, I mean, I wish the uh, the jackfruit had worked out. We were we there's there's not a menu item I can't do that would be vegan or vegetarian. We were doing the burritos as a vegan option because we were using PMA Foods mac and cheese in it. We did bacon fast. Oh man, two years ago, and we did our bacon wrapped meatball as a vegan option, hmm. and we sold way more of them at the Oswego Speedway than we did in Syracuse, which I thought was a little. <laughs> surprising and disappointing yeah right yeah that is pretty surprising so. but um no I, I always try to integrate the other dietary things into it because there's definitely a need for it um most of the time i don't eat meat anyway as uh, mm. surprising as that may be but you're around it so much the second i'm not near it i want it but <laughs> when i'm near it it's just give me a salad because i feel like <laughs> just breathing it in is getting me fat <laughs> that's awesome all right, so give everybody the number or website or social accounts that they can find yet. Yep, uh, so BigAwesomeBBQ.com. Um, our schedule's on there. You can contact us through almost any page on there on a pre-written form. We're on Facebook, Instagram, I guess Twitter. Stuff posts there automatically, but I don't. And then the best way to find us outside of those is using Street Food Finder. They have an app or a website. We do all our pre-ordering and scheduled pickup through it, as do many trucks in this area it is a great tool for everybody if you're looking for a food truck well adam thanks so much for taking time man i appreciate it yeah no problem thanks for uh taking your time to speak with me yeah man for sure all right well we'll talk yep. to you soon Thank you for checking out this week's episode remember to connect with us online eatlocalcny.com and connect with us on social media on facebook instagram twitter LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thank you so much, and we'll see you at the next episode.